Today we reach the fifth and final study of reading the Word of God out loud. And yes, we're going to read the Word of God out loud together with the same translation. And as this ministers healing to us, this is healing for Churchill orphans. Our 9 a.m. Bible study on Sundays at Abundant Hope Christian Center and Paramount Boulevard in Downey, California in the United States. Welcome. My name is John. I'm a pastor, teacher, and even a chaplain here at Abundant Hope. And it's good to have you all here today listening in, as well as those sitting before us here. We're going to be in the Word today, and we're going to finish up. I want us to go to 1 Thessalonians, the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 27. And this is the second to the last verse of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5.27. For my class, I put little check marks. I have all kinds of scriptures on the board. So right here, and we're going to take a look at when they read the word of God out loud at their gatherings. When Christians got together in the first century, this is Paul's baby church. He... As far as we know, he established the church of Thessalonica first. And this is his baby church. And this is the church that he told about the rapture and the second coming of Christ. When we get to 2 Thessalonians, it is a red-hot book meaning judgment, the day of the Lord, uh, fire, judgment, fire and brimstone. It is different from 1 Thessalonians, but 1 Thessalonians establishes the church with elders and pastors and teachers and what women are, are called to do and what men are called to do. And here it says in verse 27, second to the last verse, he says as a spiritual father to his spiritual children. In this book, he refers to himself as a father and a nursing mother. And in verse 27, he says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle, this letter, is to be read to all the holy brethren. And that means read out loud. They had scrolls. They had parchments in those days. It, would, it is centuries away from the printing press. It is centuries away from the Bibles we have today that are mostly affordable by most everyone who wants one but he says this letter must be read out loud and this letter this these words of scripture are to be read out loud to be an edification the word edify here means as we see throughout the bible it means to bless to be a blessing to the people who hear there we're going to go to revelations eventually where it says that whole long letter of the revelation of Jesus Christ is to be read out loud. And that if it is read out loud, there's a special blessing. So reading the word of God has a special blessing. It says in Psalm 107.20, the Lord sent his word and healed them. It says in Psalm 103 that he heals all their, forgives all their iniquities and heals all their diseases. This is old covenant stuff. This is stuff that David wrote. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. We're under a new and better covenant here. 
about the blood of Jesus. I want to show you something, though, in context. Look at verse 23. This is Paul speaking to his spiritual children. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Why did I say that? Paul is the only letter writer amongst John and Peter and, and Mark and Matthew and Luke and John. He's the only one who calls God the God of peace, God of shalom. If we go to the book of Hebrews, which has no author attached to it, we see God called the God of peace. Nobody did that. Not John, not Matthew, not nobody. Only Paul says God of peace. And the reason why I mention this in this context, peace means shalom. And shalom means nothing broken, nothing lacking. God of shalom, heal me. God of peace, heal me, and I thank you and I receive it. The fact that he uses the name for God in this thing here, is the God of peace, the God of shalom, and the fact that this letter that he just told about here is to be read out loud, and the fact that verse 23 talks about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Factor all that in. He's coming for a church that believes in healing right now. Healing today. And how do you receive this healing? You thank him for it. You receive by saying, thank you, Lord, I receive. You may feel worse an hour from now. You may feel worse. When I was getting chemo, after I thanked him for my healing, I threw up. And you could never predict when I threw up. It could be a week after chemo. It could be in the hour after chemo. It could just come upon, it came upon me as sudden as a freight train. Out of the blue. Suddenly, ah. I remember I was at my eye doctor. And I was about ready to, you know, they put that thing on your face and all that. I said, excuse me, do you, you do have a bathroom here. Because it's going to come. It's going to come like a volcano. And they said, yes. And it came. Hope in the bathroom it came, thank God. But the point is, this is the God of shalom, the God of peace. Always when you study the word, look for the names of God. And we have two names of God here, actually three, four of them. He uses Lord Jesus Christ twice. And then he, in verse 27, he uses Lord once. So what's he talking about here? He's coming, talking about the second coming of Christ. He's talking about the God of shalom, the God of peace. And he's talking about reading the word of God out loud. Throw all these into the cake mix and see what happens. And read this word out loud. The book of 1 Thessalonians was written to young believers, baby believers. Read it out loud. You're, if you want to be encouraged about the Lord's coming for his church in the rapture and then the second coming after the seven years or the three and a half years, whatever, how you figure it, after judgment, 
to establish a new heaven and new earth. And when he comes back in the second coming, we are there with him. We are there with him with his angels. And angels in this part of the Bible are not cute little baby things. Angels are fierce. If you just look at angels in Revelation, they are powerful. They are they kill millions, billions. They kill. They pour out the wrath of God in the book of Revelation. Okay, now I want you to go to the right in your Bible, and I want you to go in a few, one or two books over to 1 Timothy 4.13. 1 Timothy 4.13. You go to 2 Thessalonians, and then there's 1 Timothy, and we're going to look at 4.13. Again, here is Paul, a spiritual father, talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, who is the pastor at Ephesus. He is the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And let's take a look at verse 13, 4.13. He tells him, Till I come, give attention to reading. And the Greek there means public reading. Reading, exhortation, Doctrine. Reading, exhortation, doctrine. What's exhortation? Encouragement to obey. That's basically what it is. Doctrine is another word for teaching. It is strict, formal instruction in the basics of the faith. When you see doctrine in the New Testament, it's always about the cross. Paul may be telling the Roman church, did you guys know you're dead to sin in Romans 6? Did you know there's no condemnation in Christ? Did you know that? He's talking about the cross and the effects of the cross, the blessings of the cross. You can't be condemned by anyone or anything. And secondly, your sin nature has been nailed to the cross. Well, I feel like a sinner and I do sin. How do you receive that death to sin? Thank you, Lord. I receive that my sin nature is dead. Give him thanks. If you're going through addictions and temptations, in addiction to pornography, addiction to drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, then you go to Romans 6 and he says, you're dead to sin. In the natural, that chapter is outrageous. How can you be dead to sin? Thank you, Lord, I receive it. Give him praise for what he says in his word and speak it out loud. Read Romans 6 out loud and let it speak to your body, to your addiction, to whatever demon is tempting you. And speak it out loud. We are going to read very shortly. Uh, go to the last book in the Bible, Revelation 1.3. And we're going to finish with this and we're going to read the word out loud. And we're going to use our throats and our tongues and our teeth, everything. Revelation, the third verse of chapter 1. <clears throat> and here John, the Apostle John says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. You not only hear it, but you obey it. And you're blessed. And the word blessed means, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy that you hear this. 
He wrote this from a salt mine, a Roman salt mine on the island of Patmos. He was in his 90s at this time, the last of the apostles. The others had been executed. John, young John, who put his head on Jesus' breast. John, the last of the apostles, he was never executed. He was the only one who died a natural death. And he said, blessed are those who hear and keep these things which are written in this prophecy. And he wrote it in chapter 1, verse 3. Literally this, the, the beginning breath of this thing. I want to pass this out. This is a copy of Psalm 149 and 150. And I want you to see this. This is in the King James Version from the Schofield Reference Bible. The reason why I want us all to have the same page. <clears throat> I'm going to read and you're going to repeat after me. <clears throat> I'm going to read about a half a verse at a time if I don't choke. I'm going to take some tea. And when I want us to read out loud, I mean out loud. I want us to fill this room in Psalm 149. I'll bet you've never heard, some of you may not have even have read this before. You don't know that this psalm gives us a weapon to defeat the enemy by reading the word out loud. Now you just repeat after me in the, don't shout, I mean just a nice clear voice. Verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise and his praise in the congregation of saints. Congregation of saints. Verse 2. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. <coughs> Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. <coughs> Excuse me. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword in their hand. And a two-edged sword in their hand. Verse 7, to execute vengeance upon the heathen, to execute 
vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written to execute upon them the judgment written this honor have all his saints this honor have all his saints praise ye the Lord now that's how we do it by reading the word of God out loud and if you were following along if there's high praises in verse 6 in your mouth there's a two-edged sword in your hand and it's to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people to bind the kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron verse 9 <coughs> excuse me to execute upon them the judgment written this honor have all his saints and where are the saints mentioned again the saints are mentioned in verse 4 the Lord takes pleasure in his people verse 5 let the saints be joyful in glory and where are they singing this it's not in church they're in bed it could be a bed of sickness we have this honor this privilege to execute judgment even if we're on a sick bed to praise the Lord on that sick bed to give him praises where do we get the praises Psalms that's 149 you want to praise Psalm look at the next one the last one 150 praise ye the Lord praise 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 throughout it begins and ends with hallelujah praise ye the Lord 149 begins and ends with praise ye the Lord hallelujah the power of praise in your mouth executes judgment and when the enemy is judged your body is healed what I've given you you could take home with you and read this out loud yeah it's in the old King James it sounds pretty good in the old King James while we have time we're going to have communion so that everyone here can have communion thank you dear and praise the Lord at this time. Take this home with you. I'm speaking to the people who are here. But those of you who have a Bible at home, 149. And I did it out of the old King James because all over the world, in English, we have the King James Bible. Now for those of you who have Bibles in Spanish or any other language, this of course works the same way. Gloria a Dios. Praise ye the Lord. That's as far as I can go right now. But those of you who have Santa Biblia or the NIV Spanish Bible, <coughs> even if you got a cough, you praise the Lord in the midst of your cough, in the midst of your gastritis, in the midst of your cancer. And there's healing here. I didn't see healing. Well, you go to 150. And you praise him with all everything, the trumpet, 
You praise him for his mighty acts, the timbrel and the dance. Both psalms mention praising him in the dance. <laughs> Those of you who can't dance don't, don't matter. Do it privately so you don't embarrass yourself. Let everything, verse 6 and 150, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. If you're breathing, you could praise the Lord. And when you're breathing and you praise the Lord, you may be on a sickbed as we see them here in, in verse 5 of 149. But you could cut the enemy to pieces because you have a two-edged sword in your hand at the end of verse 6. And if you got a good cross-reference Bible, that cross-references with Hebrews. Read what it says there. The cross-reference with Hebrews. A two-edged sword as I look here. Hebrews 4.12. And you see the sword of the Lord in Revelations 1.16 as well. That's good to have a Schofield Bible or a cross-reference Bible. You just look in the middle column. Father, we come to you with the blessing of communion. You told us to remember your death until you come. And when we remember your death, we remember our sin nature is crucified. We are dead to sin and we give you thanks for that. And we take your bread, your body, and by your stripes we are healed as we receive today in Jesus' name. Now we'll take the cup. Whenever they're reading the word of God out loud, there is power. We're using God's words in our mouth. And we're giving praise. Forgive my language, but we're kicking the enemy in the ass. Obviously, look at what happens to the kings and chains and the nobles with fetters of iron, executing vengeance upon the enemy, punishments upon these people. And that is our honor and our privilege to do it. You'll see in, in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And let me paraphrase the, the rest. We can enter into spoken judgment on the enemy in Isaiah 54, 17. That is our right. We have a right to do that as a saint of God. What does it mention in these Psalms? The saints, the believers, that's us. That's all of us for all the centuries. This honor have all his saints. We take the cup. Forgive us, Lord, and cleanse us. Cleanse our conscience from all sin. Cleanse our tongues for speaking evil. Cleanse us, Lord, and uh, 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 having an unforgiving nature. Forgive us, Lord, for being unforgiving. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and cleanse our minds by the blood of Jesus and protect us, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over this place, this room, this church, and where we grow and live and, and work. We plead the blood of Jesus. Let's partake. And we speak blessings one to another. In number six, the tail end of number six, the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. Shalom. Nothing broken, nothing lacking. And his name is a tattooed on us. And I don't mean a physical tattoo, I mean a spiritual tattoo. When he sees his name, L-O-R-D, all caps, he will bless us so we can be a blessing to others. Go with God.
read this verses to you in 149 and 150. Don't let go. Don't tuck it away in your Bible. Forget about it. Go into it. The sword of the Lord is in your hand. It's in your mouth, on your tongue. Execute vengeance. You want to get even with the enemy? I see the word vengeance in verse 7 of 149. Get even this way. Thanks for listening. Bless you.